0: this is a WTOp original podcast coming up in this episode of Target USA the war in Sudan we talk with Jock Mado Jock an anthropology professor at Syracuse University about the latest
1: really I don't think this 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 war in Sudan really sings in into the with the lives of everyday people who are themselves, Is struggling.
0: Coming up on this episode of Target USA,
1: the National Security Podcast.
0: From WTOP in Washington, D.C., this is Target USA. This is Target USA, the National Security Podcast. I'm J.J. Green. The war in Sudan has taken a lot of twists and turns. There have been several ceasefires. Peace negotiations are underway, but it doesn't seem like any of it is working. Now we talk with an expert from the region who's there now. Professor jok Jok, you have joined us before and talked to us very eloquently about the situation in Sudan. Thank you again for joining
1: us. Thank you, sir. Happy to do it. Professor, you're
0: in East Africa now, and I'm wondering what the situation is there in the minds of the people you see wherever it is you are.
1: Well, I'm in Nairobi, Kenya, and I would say at the governmental level, there is quite a lot of uh, concern about what is going on in Sudan. Uh, The the likelihood of the conflict in Sudan leading to a sort of unravelling of that country, even if it's only temporarily. And so uh, there is quite a bit of uh, conversation going on between heads of states of EGARD countries, uh, which Kenya is a member of, uh, about what to do with Sudan. But at the, at the level of ordinary people, I have spent a lot of time today in Nairobi Business District, and I have talked to a lot of my colleagues in the media and in policy and activist groups. Uh, And it seems like, yeah, people are concerned about the humanitarian uh, shocking uh, images of Khartoum being destroyed and people having to flee and people having to be holed up in their homes without food and no water and and no electricity. And uh, the prospects of humanitarian interventions are being thwarted by the ongoing conflict, despite the ceasefire in Khartoum. So people are maybe concerned at that level, but really I don't think this, this, this war in Sudan really sinks in into the with the lives of everyday people who are themselves struggling. Uh, there is quite a bit of uh, economic decline in Kenya and a bit of uh, inflation, and ordinary people are struggling themselves. So I don't think... Uh, the the war in any country in the region rise up rises up to the level of being an everyday every street concern that's very
0: unfortunate it's sad to hear what is it what would it take for people in other places like maybe south america canada europe here in the us to actually empathize with the folks there in sudan
1: and that is really what Uh, activists and news people and humanitarian aid workers are trying to do, not just to bear witness to the mayhem in Sudan, but to also enlighten the world about this tragedy in hope that it becomes an important issue Mm. for ordinary folks and to urge them to speak to their lawmakers and their and the government people in their in their countries such that the, the the tragedy in Sudan becomes uh, a global uh, garners a global attention that it should. Um, but you know there are competing problems in the world. Uh, the the war in Ukraine is a big problem. The situation in Yemen and and in Syria are still unmitigated. And so, yeah, this is uh, there is certainly competing views, competing, competing problems, but also I think I am not, um, I don't want to dumb down on people's ability to think for others and be in the shoes of others, uh, but I think there is generally a kind of a problem fatigue uh, that uh, we are being bombarded with images of suffering Uh, from all corners of the world these
0: days yeah Yeah, you know i've heard that as well from uh, colleagues in ukraine and in other places where there are conflicts going on so hopefully um, our conversation and the others that are going on will reach some corners and, and and generate some kind of more activity and more connection and more solidarity on this but to the situation in sudan how would you assess it today
1: The situation continues to be very dire for ordinary people. Uh, I have uh, personal contacts in all of the major cities of Sudan. Uh, uh, Khartoum for sure, but also Madani and Qadarif and Port Sudan and, and, and uh, various cities in Darfur like al janena or Nyala or Al-Fashir. And the story is the same that the warring parties, the Sudan armed forces and the rapid support forces continue to battle it without any concern for the consequences, uh, about the consequences of their fighting for the people. So that right now, uh, humanitarian aid is arriving on the shores of uh, Sudan at the Red Sea, and it's 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 still quite difficult to get it to the people, uh, most especially in Khartoum. Uh, meanwhile, the the peace talks uh, and the talks on possibility of cessation of hostilities uh, don't seem to progress. There was a ceasefire sign. With caveats, uh, so um, so um, caveat that it it's almost uh, uh, useless because the 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 RSF continues to fight in urban war uh, in major towns in Darfur and in Khartoum the Sudan armed forces has uh, been almost limited to using the air force to bomb the RSF positions, which obviously means massive collateral damage in lives and property. So the situation doesn't seem to look up. The only thing that is uh, uh, holding the Sudan up right now is the resilience of the Sudanese people themselves. How much, however much uh, besieged they are, uh, they seem to continue to to push on day by day and to leave if they can, uh, and to um, to support each other if, uh, as much as they can. Right now, one curious situation in in the riverine central Sudan. Is the fact that you don't you, we know we don't have IDP camps as you would have seen in other wars. The reason for this is that people have opened their homes to strangers, so that they don't have to sleep in open spaces. And my friend in Madani tells me that her family's compound is now housing hundreds of people, uh, just sleeping outside in the fence. In, in in inside the fence, um, but they have no food and have no water. So people will surely die. Not to say anything about medicine. Uh, doctors there are trying their best to, to keep treating people, and but there are there are no medicines, to give to people. Uh, The situation is dire for those with uh, chronic illnesses such as heart conditions, diabetes, uh, and others that require uh, constant care and constant uh, medication. Uh, So, yeah, I don't think uh, anything has changed despite since the announcement of the US and Saudi Arabia sponsored ceasefire, um, only the Sudanese people themselves just trying to to do, to make do with what, with the little they have by sharing it.
0: Professor, do you believe that the, the, those that are trying to broker the ceasefire and all of the observers in other countries that have some stake in this, do you believe there is more that they can do to stop this fighting?
1: Oh, most certainly. The the, the Arab League had a meeting some days ago to to discuss the position of Syria, which had been kicked out uh, previously on the basis of its war against the rebels. And uh, the Sudan conflict didn't come up in the meeting of the Arab League, uh, which was rather tragic and, and curious. Uh, this is probably related to Sudan itself being becoming a turf war between some Arab countries like Egypt that support the government, the Sudan armed forces, and countries like UAE and Saudi Arabia that have in the past supported the rapid support forces. So the more divided the opinion, the international opinion on the country, the less likely uh, more will come, more, more positive interventions will come. There is always more to be done through the United Nations and donor countries that have pledged support. Uh, The UN made a humanitarian appeal for $1 billion for the next three months. They only got $200 million. So the donations that have been received so far uh, will pale compared to the magnitude of the problem. Now, this is a country that was already facing massive humanitarian challenges as it was before the war. Uh, Out of the 46 million Sudanese, 4 million people were already receiving food aid and were going to need more. Uh, With IDPs all over Darfur, uh, with the refugees on the southern borders with South Sudan, there was always going to be more aid needed. But with this now, it multiplied uh, several folds, And so the scale of need is going to far outweigh uh, the international goodwill. So I don't know uh, well, whether more help will come or whether people will tire of Sudan soon. Because even even as we speak, uh, it's no longer on the spotlight as it used to be, as it was a month ago when the war uh, started.
0: Professor, what do you think it would take for the two sides to stop this fighting? I mean, we know that, obviously, they both want to win. Right. But um, is there something short of that, that the two sides, based on what you see, can agree on to stop this?
1: Unfortunately, so long as each side has the stamina and military equipment and willing fighters, uh, they are not going to stop fighting. And, and I don't think anybody can stop them either because peace can only come when the fighters want peace because nobody can make them get uh, accept peace. So what is going to, there are two things that are going to uh, potentially influence the direction of this war One is uh, the Sudan armed forces simply refusing to, to fight. As they see, this war is not their war. This is not a war where a soldier is going to war to protect the constitution of his or her country. This is not a war where Sudan was aggressed from outside. This is not a war of, uh, with uh, any conviction about the, the need for it. So with, with, when a when war is, 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 is like that, I think there will come a time when the Sudan, Sudanese uh, fighters will simply say, enough is enough, we cannot fight anymore. But usually that sort of situation is reached after so much damage has already been done in human lives and in property. Uh, pictures coming out of, of Khartoum don't encourage me to think that uh, these people can be can be, uh, reined rein in by, by the potential for the destruction of their country. Um, that's one possibility if soldiers refuse to fight as they see the war as not being their war. The second possibility of course is negotiated settlement. And this can only come when mediators, potential mediators, be this the United States or, or Kingdom of Saudi Arabia or UAE or IGAD or the African Union or the UN itself when they uh when they actually do have a stick and a carrot and until the fighter the fighting parties see the potential for being given a carrot rather than a stick on their head maybe that that will day one day will 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 <laughs> will will uh, force them to stop the fighting uh, right now it's not. it just doesn't look like there is any of that
0: yeah
1: Third thing that is going to potentially change the dynamic is the economic situation. Uh, Right now, the Sudan armed forces are still able to to get money, support from other countries like Egypt, support from uh, friendly countries in the Arab world. Uh, Hameti and his rapid support force had amassed quite a bit of resources from the sale of gold to the money given to them by al-Bashir when when they were his own protection, when they were uh, forces doing the dirty work of of al-Bashir, like genocide and, and war crimes in peripheries. And until they run out of money, I don't see any reason why they should stop fighting, why they want to stop fighting. Because they are convinced, yeah. each side is convinced they are going to win against the other and capture the other person or kill them.
0: Yeah. Well, that's, again, tragic. But that's also why we talk to you, because you can tell it like it is, and we can show our listeners and viewers how it is. Professor, I know it's late. Right thank you for taking time again to talk with talk with us to speak with us about this and we hope to stay in touch with you about this
1: thank you sir appreciate it good day
0: that's it for this episode of target usa coming up in our next episode another look at some serious new threats to u.s national security that's coming up on the next episode of target usa in the meantime, if you have any questions or comments about the program, send me an email. You can reach me at jgreen at wtop.com. The letter J, the color green, one word, at whiskey tango oscarpapa. jgreen at wtop.com. Also, please subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Twitter. We're at TUSA Podcast. That's at Tango Uniform Sierra Alpha Podcast. And if you want more national security news, you can sign up for my newsletter. It's called Inside the Skiff, and you can sign up at wtop.com/email. I'm JJ Green, and this is Target USA, the National Security Podcast.